5C. Hey everybody, I'm Praying Medic, and this is Supernatural Saturday. Welcome to the broadcast. For those of you who are new to the broadcast, I do a monthly live stream on my Telegram channel on the second Saturday of every month at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you are able to get on Telegram and you want to join the live stream, you can listen to my broadcast live. Sometimes I do question and answers. Uh, if you have a, a question, you might uh, be selected, and I might pick your question and answer it on the air. Uh, these broadcasts, the replays, are also available on my websites, prangmedic.com, prangmedic.org. They're also available on my podcast channel. A lot of people don't know that I have a podcast on Podbean. It's also put out on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. Uh, you can catch all my broadcasts there, even my healing videos. Those of you who've been listening to the healing videos that I've done, if you want to download the videos, or you can download the MP3 version, go on my Praying Medic Podbean channel, scroll back through the episodes, and you'll find the healing videos there. And you can download either the video or the MP3. That way, if we ever lose the internet, uh, or if you lose access to the internet, you'll have the podcast. You can just listen to it whenever you want. All right. So for the last two years, I've been posting testimonies on my Telegram channel. Uh, testimonies of mostly people who are praying for themselves or praying for friends and seeing them heal. Uh, I started doing this in, I think, November of 2021. Uh, and it was at the suggestion of the Holy Spirit. Um, I had been posting mostly news and commentary at that time on my Telegram channel. And the Lord said, I want you to switch things up. I want you to start teaching again about healing, physical healing, emotional healing, deliverance, and all those subjects, which I had not taught on in a while. So I went back through my, some of my old podcasts and, and videos and started teaching some foundational ideas about God's kingdom, about power, authority, healing, miracles, emotional healing, deliverance, all these subjects. What happened was um, people uh, kind of latched on to what I was teaching and they started praying for themselves and praying for other people to be healed and they started to see miracles happen. And that kind of branched out into, uh, I shared some testimonies about supernatural healing or repair of electronic devices and you know, washing machines, dryers, and people started praying over their appliances and seeing them miraculously uh, restored or repaired. So for the last, like I said, year and a half, two years, we've been um, we've been having a great time on the Telegram channel, sharing the testimonies, answering questions. People are learning about God, learning about the supernatural. And I finally, finally, this week, now available is my latest book, Power and Authority Made Simple. Uh, this book sort of picks up a little bit where uh, Divine Healing left off. Uh, I published Divine Healing 10 years ago. And I knew when I published that book 
Denise made me put in the front of that book a little disclaimer that says, this is my understanding of the supernatural and healing at this time. This is just a snapshot in time. We know that we're going to learn more uh, as time goes on. And since then, I've learned a lot. And so this, this book, Power and Authority, is an update. There are um, some of the subjects that I cover in this book are similar to chapters in, in Divine Healing, but this book expands on a lot of subjects and covers some subjects that aren't even mentioned in, in that other book. So uh, what is this book all about? This book, as the name suggests, this book is about power and authority. So if, you, um, if, you're, if you're a Christian and you've you know, listened to church leaders over the years, you've probably heard the terms power and authority discussed, at least in some context. Uh, and what I have found uh, frustrating since my walk with Jesus is that most uh, spiritual leaders will talk about the subjects of power and authority, but they can't clearly articulate the differences between them. Some people will, will correctly note that in the Greek New Testament, the word power is normally translated, uh, it's, the Greek word is dunamis, and the word for uh, authority is exousia. And that's about as far as they go. <laughs> they, can't, they can't usually tell you what is the actual difference between these two concepts. Uh, how, do you, how do you use power? How do you use authority? Um, and, and so this book goes into great detail and I explain the various aspects of power and authority. And it was actually John Paul Jackson who um, kind of changed my thinking on the subject. I listened to a broadcast that John Paul did years ago where he began to explore the ideas of power and authority and the differences between them. And he was the very, the very first person I ever listened to who was able to clearly articulate the differences between power and authority. So I listened to that broadcast probably, I don't know, six years ago. And since then, I have uh, I've done some broadcasts on the issue on, on power for miracles and I've done broadcasts on authority. Um, it's it's been kind of a progressive revelation for me. The Lord continues to um, explain to me various aspects of power and authority and, and how they work. So that's what is uh, you'll find in this book. So let's get down to a little discussion about these two subjects. What is power? Let's start with power. What is biblical? the biblical idea of power? Um, in the Greek New Testament, as I said, the word that is normally translated power in English, the Greek word is dunamis. It is the root word uh, for the word dynamite. What is dynamite? Dynamite is an explosive, and when you ignite it, it releases energy. There's an explosion, and the explosion is a release of energy. All right, what is, what is energy? <laughs> it's, well, energy and power are synonymous. Whether you're talking about nuclear energy or nuclear power, solar energy, solar power, uh, electricity as a form of 
energy or power. We're talking about energy. That, that's what power is. <clears throat> so whenever you think of the word power in the context of healing, you should be thinking about energy, right? That is a completely different concept from the idea of authority. So how is power used in the context of healing? All right. Well, you go through the Gospels and read the accounts where Jesus healed the sick. You'll see a lot of accounts where, where it says that power flowed out of him. Uh, one day he was out uh, on the sea. He and the disciples came ashore. And the villagers in that area recognized him, knew who he was, knew about the miracles of healing he had been working. And they immediately went home, got the sick, brought them to him. And the Bible says that as many as touched him, they were healed. All right. They touched him and they were healed. How can someone just touch Jesus and be healed? Well, in the testimony with the woman who had the flow of blood, uh, she, Jesus was with the disciples. The disciples and, and the crowd were kind of, they were thronging him. And someone touched the Lord. And Jesus said to the disciples, who touched me? And Peter said, what do you mean, Lord? The crowd is thronging you. What do you mean, who touched me? And he said, I felt power go out of me. Who touched me? And this woman ends up testifying that she said, I knew if I grabbed the hem of your garment, I would be healed. She touched the Lord, power flowed out of his body into her and healed her. That's power. Power is energy. Energy flowed out of the Lord from his body into hers. She was healed. So power as energy or healing is normally released through touch, although you don't have to touch a person to release power. Um, you can do that, and that is why um, in, in the church, a lot of people are taught that you lay hands on someone for healing. Why do you lay hands on someone? You lay hands on people because uh, you're trying to release power into them. Where does the power come from? All right. Uh, Luke chapter 24. After Jesus was resurrected, the last thing he said before he was uh, ascended into heaven, Jesus said this. This is uh, verse uh, 48. And he was talking to the disciples. You are witnesses of these things, speaking of the resurrection. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. All right. Jesus told the disciples, Stay in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father, and you'll be endued with power from on high. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit, they were in the upper room, they were praying. Holy Spirit comes, fills the room. They have tongues of fire upon their heads, and the Holy Spirit filled them. Okay. The power of God to work miracles is the Holy Spirit living in us. <clears throat> if you are a born-again, Spirit-filled believer, Spirit-filled means you have the Spirit of God living in you. That Spirit of God is the power you need to release to work miracles. What did Jesus do? People touched him, power left his body, and they were healed. When I pray for people to be healed uh, who need 
some kind of um, new tissue in their body. So let's, let's talk about injuries. Most common with injuries, but there are other conditions as well. So let's say I'm praying for somebody who has a torn rotator cuff. What is a torn rotator cuff? A torn rotator cuff is cartilage in your shoulder that has been shredded, deteriorated over years with age and use and injury. You develop pain in your shoulder, limited range of motion, and it's because the cartilage has, has gone bad. Well, what does a person need? They need new cartilage. <laughs> Same thing with if you have so, talked to someone who's got bone on bone in their knee, they talk about that bone on bone. There's a, there's a pad called the meniscus. It's cartilage that goes between the lower and upper bones of your leg. In the knee joint, that cartilage, the meniscus, gets, it gets deteriorated over time. Eventually, you end up getting a knee replacement. Well, that's one option. The other option is um, we can release power and give the person new cartilage. Okay, new cartilage. New cartilage in the shoulder, new cartilage in the knee, ankle, back, whatever. Wherever you need new tissue to replace the stuff that's been damaged and broken, a release of power works a creative miracle. What is a creative miracle? Creative miracle is a miracle that creates new tissue. Real simple. That's it. We release power of the Holy Spirit into a person who needs new tissue and they get a new meniscus, a new rotator cuff, a new disc in their back, a new, new vertebrae, a new eye, new eardrum, whatever has been damaged or is missing uh, can be replaced. If a person has a missing eye or a missing optic nerve, you put your hand on that person's or near that person's head, you release power, and the power of God will work a creative miracle and give them a new eye, new nerve, whatever they need, they'll get a new one. That is how power works. It is a release of power. Typically, when I'm praying for someone who, let's say, they have a you know a shoulder injury, uh, they torn a rotator cuff, for example. I have I, I've done some experiments, and you should do experiments too. Um, when you are praying for people to be healed, try new things. Experiment, do some tests, find out what works and find out what doesn't work. I, I do this all the time, and I've learned this from my friends. Uh, what I will do sometimes is I will, um, if someone wants me to pray for them, I'll just put my hand near their shoulder, not on their shoulder, just near it, okay? Two or three inches above it. I'll just put my hand there. And in my mind, I will believe that I'm releasing the healing power of God into them, right? So I just put my hand near them, like I'm doing now, and you know what, I'm just going to do a demonstration here. <laughs> I'm going to believe in my mind that the power of God is being released into those who are listening. And some of you are going to receive healing of your shoulder injuries, knee injuries, hip injuries. I'm not going, I'm not, you don't have to say anything to release power. I simply believe that God, the power of God is going to flow out of me into you. And faith is the trigger that opens the valve that releases the power of God and lets it flow out of you. It's faith. 
Healing is done by faith. Whether you're releasing power or exercising authority, it's all done by faith. All right. So I will, what I'll do is I'll just put my hand near the person's shoulder or their knee, and I believe I'm releasing the power of God. I just believe. I have faith that power of God is flowing out of me. And as I believe, trust, have confidence that the power of God is flowing out of me. It flows out of me. And it flows into the person that needs healing. <clears throat> and they're healed. Now, um, sometimes, here's an experiment that you can try. Sometimes a person will feel heat or tingling or they'll feel some sensation that is a sign that energy is being released. That is a clue. That was my first clue that something was going on. When I was praying for people, um, I put my hand, you know, near their knee or their, if they had carpal tunnel syndrome, I put my hand near, the, near their wrist and I'd pray and I'd say, what do you feel? And they would say, I feel heat or tingling. I started to, initially I would put my hand on them. And then when they said they were feeling heat, I take my hand away and I hold it two or three inches away. So they weren't feeling the heat from my body. Because you don't want the person to say, well, you know, your hands are really warm. <laughs> I feel your, the heat of your hands. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to touch you, and we'll see what happens. And just putting my hands a couple of inches from them is enough that they'll feel the energy, energy, the power going out of me into them that heals carpal tunnel, torn rotator cuffs, meniscus, whatever. So that is... Um, that's kind of a basic understanding of how power works. You do not have to command anything to be healed. You, you can, but if you make commands, that's, a, that's exercising authority. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. The basic idea of releasing power is uh, you, you, you need to get it straight in your mind that you have the power of God in you, and you can release that power at will. And when you are confronted with someone who needs healing, you say, okay, I'm going to release the power of God. You can say that. You can, if it helps you mentally, you can say, I'm releasing the power of God. Power of God, flow out of me into that person and let them be healed. You can say that if it helps. But you don't have to. Uh, <clears throat> when if you look through the Gospels, you see where Jesus released power to heal people. He never said anything. He wasn't commanding demons to leave. He wasn't doing all this other stuff. If the power just flowed out of him. That's how it works. All right. So let's talk about authority. Um, what is authority? There's a lot of misconceptions about authority. Um, there, there's a lot of bad teaching of, about authority in the church. I often hear people say, that they are claiming their authority over some situation or they're taking authority over some situation. because And they say that because that's what they're taught. They're taught that if they claim authority over something, that's, that's all they need to do. They need to just claim authority over it. Well, um, <clears throat> you can claim authority all you want over something. It's not going to change the situation generally. Authority is not claimed. Authority is exercised. Uh, in the um, in in the non-spiritual 
context of authority. If I am a worker, I work at a company, let's say I work at an ambulance service or a fire station, uh, in my, in my uh, position as a paramedic working for a, an ambulance company, let's say private company, I am authorized, I'm authorized, I'm authorized to go out in the ambulance, uh, e evaluate sick people, provide treatment for them, and transport them to the hospital. That's what I'm authorized to do. I'm authorized to do that by my supervisor and the CEO of the company. My supervisor is a shift supervisor. He has authority over the people on his shift. He gives them assignments, tells them what to do. He does quality Q&A, uh, quality assurance on, on runs. He handles complaints uh, and does uh, you know disciplinary action when it's necessary. The supervisor is authorized to do those things by the manager of the company. The manager has his own realm of authority and responsibility. The manager is authorized by the CEO, right? So authority has levels. There's a hierarchy. CEO is the top person who's who of authority. They give authority to a manager. The manager gives authority to the supervisor. The supervisor gives authority to the people in the field who go out and do the transports. I'm authorized as a paramedic to give medications on behalf of a doctor. We have a in, in medicine a medical program director who authorizes us to give prescription medications on his behalf under medical control. Right? That's how authority works in most realms of business. People are delegated authority by people above them. And if you screw up and if you mishandle your authority, if you act incorrectly, your authority can be removed. <laughs> you can be fired and you no longer are authorized to do the things you were able to do yesterday because your authority was removed. Authority is granted and authority can be removed. And when I exercise my authority, I go out on calls, I do evaluations on patients. If they fall within a certain criteria, I give certain medications, a certain amount, a certain dose at a certain time, and then transfer them to the hospital. That's my scope of authority. I'm not authorized to work outside that scope of authority, and my authority can be removed. Right. Authority is granted and it is exercised. It is not claimed. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about authority in the realm of healing and deliverance. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1, it says that Jesus called the disciples to himself and he gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. Right? Hey, that's pretty simple. <laughs> it's not complicated. Jesus gives his disciples two things, power and authority, to accomplish two things, kicking out demons and healing the sick, okay? And that authority can be used in many other realms, and we'll discuss that in a minute. But the, the basic context there was he specifically said uh, authority, power and authority 
over demons and to heal diseases. All right. So we already talked about power. Power works creative miracles. Now let's talk about authority and how authority works in healing and deliverance. And in that, in, in that particular context, it's interesting because um, Jesus talks both about demons and disease. Sometimes they are um, a, a single issue and sometimes it's two issues. Sometimes people simply have demons that are harassing them without a manifestation of a physical illness. Other cases, people have a manifestation of a physical illness that is actually caused by a demon. So just want to get that kind of clear up front. In Matthew chapter 10, there is a parallel passage that expands a little bit on this commission that Jesus gave the disciples. In that chapter, it says, um, he told them to go out, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and proclaim the kingdom. All right, so the, the, the authority, it's a little bit more expansive. You can raise the dead using authority. Uh, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Cleanse the lepers. Leprosy was an incurable disease of that time. Leprosy is still around, but there are many more incurable diseases. Lou Gehrig's disease, multiple sclerosis, and, and the list goes on. We have authority to heal all incurable diseases. There is no disease that God is not willing to heal. All right, so how does authority work? Well, in most cases where you see Jesus operating in authority, in the New Testament, he is commanding demons to leave. Okay, a uh, case with a demon named Legion, which oppressed the man from Gadara, uh, Jesus commanded the demon to leave. And after they had a little discussion about where the demon was going to go, uh, into the pigs, uh, <laughs> the demons eventually left. And uh, in Matthew chapter 17, really good example of the use of authority. A man had a son who was afflicted with seizures. He brought his son to the disciples. They could not cure the boy. They brought the boy to Jesus, and Jesus cast the demon out. And then the disciples came to him later and said, Lord, why could we not cast out this demon? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief, right? Everything that we do in the exercise of authority and the release of power, it's done by faith. Faith releases power to work miracles. Faith is how we exercise authority to get rid of demons and to heal diseases. And Jesus said, you weren't able to do it because you had unbelief. All right, their, their faith wasn't quite there. So authority can be used to get rid of demons. It can also be used to get rid of other things. Uh, let's say someone has a tumor. They've got cancer. They've got a brain tumor. All right? A brain tumor is tissue in the body that's not supposed to be there. So what do you do? You exercise authority and you say to that tumor, I command you, tumor, to be cast into the sea by the authority granted to me by Jesus. Or, or whatever. <laughs> However you want to say it, you can say it. But the idea is you're commanding that tumor to leave. You can tell it to go wherever you want. Uh, don't have it go into somebody else, though. 
I would just say that. Generally speaking, uh, not always, but generally speaking, in the realm of healing and deliverance, when you're exercising authority, you're telling something to leave that is not supposed to be there. And there are exceptions, and I'll, I'll cover those in just a minute. But in general, uh, what we see clearly in the New Testament is the exercise of authority by Jesus was telling things to leave that shouldn't be there. When Peter's mother became sick with a fever, it says that Jesus rebuked the fever and the fever left. Right? He rebuked the fever, exercised authority, and the fever left. It went away. So many times when you're exercising authority, just think about something that's not supposed to be there that needs to go away. Tumors. Let's say a person has a mass in their lung. They get a CAT scan. They say, you've got a mass in your lung. We don't know what it is. Well, that mass is not supposed to be there. So you can just command that mass in the lung to be gone. In the name of Jesus, in the authority of Jesus, I command this mass to leave. Uh, let's see, bacterial and viral and fungal infections. Our bodies are not supposed to be invaded by parasites. Uh, invading bacteria, like I said, fungus, viral infections. You can command those things to leave, and that is an exercise of authority. Just think of anything that's not supposed to be there. You can command it to leave. All right. Now, there is another aspect of exercising authority. Uh, let's say that uh, you're with somebody who has a broken bone in, in their leg. Their, their femur is broken. They've got a fracture. You can command those bones to be healed. You can also release power. <laughs> and you might want to do both. And I would actually, I do that a lot. When I come across somebody who's got... Uh, you know, a, a fracture, dislocation, something of that nature, I will release power to create new tissue and I'll exercise authority. Exercise authority, I command those bones to be healed. I command ligaments to be healed. I command nerves to be healed. I command tendons to be healed if it's, you know, tendonitis. Um, I command new, uh, this person have a new eye, <clears throat> a new eardrum. If I see something in the spirit, Let's say I'm praying for somebody who has tinnitus, and I close my eyes, and the Lord shows me that this person has a metal cage on their head, a demonic device. I will command that metal cage to be removed. It's an exercise of authority. Something is there in the spirit that's not supposed to be there. And actually, that's pretty common. When I pray for people who have tinnitus, I often see some kind of demonic device on their head, and I command that thing to be gone. That's an exercise of authority. So hopefully you're, you're getting the idea. Generally speaking, exercising authority is simply commanding things to leave they're not supposed to be there or commanding you know, broken bones to be healed. Uh, and and you, can, you can play around with that a little bit. I would, I would encourage you to experiment with exercising authority. All right. But authority goes far beyond just the realm of healing. <clears throat> So if you ever noticed when you're reading the Gospels, you see that Jesus was in the boat with the disciples when a storm suddenly blew up and the boat was filling with water, it was about to sink, and the disciples are freaking out, and there was Jesus sleeping in the, in the bow of the boat. The disciples are like, Lord, don't you care? We're going to die. 
And the Lord, he didn't care. He, he cared, but he wasn't freaking out because he knew he had authority. Right? He knew his identity. He knew who he was. He knew he was the son of God. He knew that he had authority over the weather. So he told that storm, hey, knock it off. Peace. Be still. Winds calm down. Waves calm down. And the storm was over. Right? He exercised authority over the storm. And the Bible says, Jesus said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And even greater works will he do because I go to my Father in heaven. Anything we see Jesus do in the Gospels, we can do ourselves. Because he said we're supposed to do greater works than him and the same works he did. So we have authority. Our exercise of authority includes authority over the weather. And over the last two years, we've had some pretty crazy monsoon seasons here in the valley. Uh, our normal uh, summer monsoon season is July and August. Last year, uh, we were still having uh, our monsoon storms into October and November. And it was, it was pretty crazy. A lot of heavy rain, a lot of lightning, heavy wind, and you know trees getting damaged and all of that. In this area, there aren't a lot of trees, and the trees that are around, they just get destroyed by these windstorms. So I began exercising authority over these storms when they were coming in. Denise and I would be watching on the radar, and we watch the storms coming in. We could see them progressively getting closer to our house. And we started exercising authority. You go in our backyard and command the weather. You are not going to come onto our property. You are not going to destroy our trees. You're not going to uh, cause you know, wind damage. And, and so we would set parameters for the storm. You're not going to do this. You can't do that. And we would watch one storm after another. You know, we'd watch on the radar. We'd see the storm coming toward our town, and then it would just split and go around us. Uh, sometimes a storm would come toward us. You could see it building the intensity of the rain and, and lightning, and then it would just dissipate before it got to us, just fall apart. And we'd get a little bit of light rain sometimes with no wind and uh, no real lightning to speak of. This stuff works. Denise and I have been doing it for a while, and we have seen it over and over and over again. If you did it once uh, and you saw you know, something, the weather suddenly change, you might attribute it to a coincidence, but we've seen it happen repeatedly. We've seen it consistently, and we do believe, and we have been sharing testimonies from other people who have commanded weather to change, and it, it has. It's changed. Now, you know, there are some common sense guidelines you should put in place when it comes to commanding weather. Uh, you don't want to, you know, command uh, the entire state to have a drought for three years because you end up there'd be a lot of loss of life so you have to cut kind of <clears throat> um, like I said use some common sense with that but our authority that we've been given by the Lord covers a lot of different areas we've seen electronic devices repaired we've seen computers and other electronic devices we've seen cars supernaturally repaired um, I've been posting testimonies and, and there are plenty of testimonies in the book uh, as with most of my books, there's a lot of testimonies in here from myself and from other people who have experienced uh, breakthrough and miracles by exercising authority and releasing power. And uh, Denise wanted me to add one thing. 
uh, here. She says that the chapter on faith is her favorite chapter. When she was doing the editing, uh, she, she read the chapter. She says, wow, this is really a great chapter. It's like I really like the way you explain faith. And, and so her favorite chapter is on faith. Um, she says, I explain what faith is and what it is not in a very, uh, in a way that's easy to apprehend. All right, that is all I have for this broadcast. Uh, uh, I, I hope that you've enjoyed this uh, message. Um, if you want to purchase the book, Power and Authority Made Simple, it is available on Amazon. You can get it in Kindle and paperback on Amazon. If you don't like Amazon, you can get it on Barnes & Noble. Uh, Barnes & Noble, their website, if you go on the website, uh, you'll find the book there. You can order the paperback. You can also get it on a lot of ebook uh, platforms. So it's on Nook, it's on Kobo, it is on Apple Books, and a lot of other ebook outlets. Um, that is my message for today. I uh, got a new book out. I'll be hopefully have time to uh, provide some other messages from the book uh, in my later videos. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for praying for me and Denise. We really appreciate your prayers. Love you all. Take care. I'll catch you on the next broadcast. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs>